When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Steelers Nation, Steelers Country, Steelers Worldwide, as Mike says. I'm JY. This is Michael Nicastro. And we are back with another week of Steelers Talk, Steelers Football, with a special insider guest, Sammy. Let's get to it. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Steelers crazy. Harris Smith shields. Blacko Polamalu takes it home. Super Bowl 43. Pittsburgh might be bound for that thanks to number 43. The sickest Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Jordan, first of all, I want to show you some love, man. You predicted a three-point Chiefs Super Bowl win, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I, I posted uh, on Facebook when the NFL asked. I said Mahomes MVP, MVP and uh, three-point victory by the Chiefs, and then I went to bed. Yeah, I didn't do so hot. I had Eagles and Miles Sanders winning MVP. I think he had like negative two yards and two fumbles, so I should uh, go ahead and delete that tweet. Uh, anyway, a guy obviously that is quite popular on Twitter. He is honestly one of the most esteemed Pittsburgh sports writers of our generation. Steelers beat writer, editor over at Pittsburgh Sports Now. You can also catch him on WPXI's Final Word. We're very excited to welcome in Alan Saunders. Alan, what's up? That was quite an intro. That that was, uh, I, I don't know, I know, I've never been called esteemed of anything before, so so appreciate that. Oh, we got to butter you up. I mean, you. I'm not. I'm not submitting to a polygraph test or anything over here. <laughs> Alan, I want to dive right into it, uh, man. Obviously, you're around the Steelers uh, all, all the time. I think my first impression after watching this Super Bowl or takeaway, I should say, is how the hell does this team ever get to scoring 40 points to keep up with these Joneses? Uh, teams like the Chiefs, Bills, and, and Bengals, of course. So tell me why or why not the Steelers should focus this offseason, both in free agency and the draft, on the offensive side of the ball. Well, I, you know, it's interesting because you know, they're bringing their entire offense back, right? I mean, they're not losing anybody from last year's offense. At the same time, I think you have to acknowledge last year's offense wasn't nearly good enough, right? And so I, on the other hand, they're losing or are, are scheduled to hit free agency a lot of guys from the defense. So I think it depends on how you want to approach the different parts of the offseason. If you're looking at plugging holes, the work is needs to be done on defense, right? They have uh, you know, two of their co-starters at inside linebacker, uh, Cam Sutton, Terrell Edmonds, Larry Ogunjobi. So like five sort of key 
pieces of their defense all set to hit the free agency. Nobody on offense except for Steven Sims is a free and Zach Gentry are our free agents. Uh, but I think you know, when you look at what was a success of the team last year and what was a failure of the team last year and where do they need to upgrade, I think the upgrades need to happen on the offense. Uh, so they don't have a lot of cap space. They can make some uh, by restructuring some deals, uh, cutting a couple guys, whatever. Um, I'll be very interested to see how aggressive they are in plugging those holes on the defense and free agency. If they're really, I mean, we see like four or five of those spots all filled in free agency, but I think this could be an offense-heavy draft. But the way they scouted the Senior Bowl didn't really lean that way. They sent Grady Brown and Mike Tomlin and Brian Flores and Denzel Martin. So they had four four coaches, all of whom sort of specialized in defense. Mike Tomlin was watching the offensive line a good bit. So that's not telling me they're thinking it's a lot of offense in this draft. So I'm not really sure. I definitely think the offensive line is the one place that everyone kind of kind of agree that that they have the potential to upgrade this this offseason. And I think you look at those two teams, the Chiefs and the Eagles, I think that's probably the biggest commonality between the two of them is those are probably the two best offensive lines in the NFL right now. Well, let's talk about the Senior Bowl a little bit more. I know you were there. We had Washington State linebacker Dayan Henley on our show a couple weeks back. I fell in love with this kid after watching him uh, a little bit in the Senior Bowl and then checking back on some of his Wazoo and Nevada tape. What are just some general takeaways, Alan? Uh, obviously, Steelers specific. Yeah, it, it's not a um, the the Senior Bowl group would probably did not have a Steelers first round pick there. Um, but I thought there were a lot of guys that fit their needs that make a lot of sense, starting with 32 and, and kind of going forward. Or um, Henley's one of them. There was actually a bunch of those inside linebackers. Um, DeBarmian Overshone from Texas, Ivan Pace from Cincinnati, Cam Jones from Indiana um, that really stood out to me. A, a couple corners, wide receivers. You know, so places where they have needs, defensive line. I, I thought uh, Brooks from Bowling Green and, and Benton from Wisconsin were both very good. Zach Pickens from South Carolina. So I think the draft has set up where I don't know what the Steelers are going to get at 17. They have a lot of different options, but I think the depth is good at a lot of the positions that they may or may not take. Like a lot of the, the, the offensive line was really, really deep. So like on one hand, I think it'd be really nice for the Steelers to go out there and just draft the second best tackle at 17. But if for whatever reason that doesn't happen, I thought there were lots of other options that showed themselves this week that kind of no matter what direction they go early, I think they'll have good options late. I don't feel like they should feel forced to to make a specific pick, at least as things sit here right now. Now, if they start filling those needs in free agency, they can they can sort of box themselves in between now and then. If they you know, sign a linebacker, sign a D tackle, sign a corner, now it's like, oh, okay, well, now it needs to be offensive line because everything else is, is taken care of. Hey, two pickings are better than one, right? That's the uh, that's the old saying. Um, <laughs> for, before I kick it over to Jordan, I, I want to talk to you about free agency. You know, I've been reading a lot of Pittsburgh beat writers, some others around uh, the the team, not specific to you, mentioning how this Steelers team, I think we're all pretty aware, hasn't courted the big time right free agents. Um, and and my response to that has kind of been. You know, when you have thirty million tied up in a quarterback for for eighteen years, I think that makes that uh, very challenging. I think obviously now there's you said they can create some cap space. Do you think they target you know a big time? I mean, Edmonds, right? As Tremaine has been thrown out there a lot. I've heard names like 
Marcus Peters. Is that something you think is plausible or do they stick to this Steelers uh, Steelers way, as everybody likes to say? I think it's possible depending on what they decide to do with their own guys. You know, like, are they going to bring, you know, Larry Ogunjobi back? Like, okay. Like, if they do that, then they're probably not going to go make some other splash. Um, you know, are they going to bring Cam Sutton back? Well, that's probably $10 million. So, like, if, if not, then, okay, then maybe – Maybe somewhere else, right? I think that's the other reason that the Steelers have not been big players in free agencies, that they've always had so many of their own guys that they wanted to keep, that they wanted to spend money on, that they didn't, you know, they, they was, it, it, there's so much of free agency there, you just don't know. Like, there's so much money gets wasted in free agency where teams pick up players and, you know, they, they didn't know the personality or it wasn't a good fit or, or the guy was you know, wasn't as healthy as they thought he was going to be. And it ends up being this this boondoggle, and you know you always know your own players best. And so if you're signing your own players, you're giving a better deal than signing somebody else's most of the time because you know what you're you know exactly what you're getting uh, for what you're paying for. So if they go out, they re-sign. Let's say they re-sign Spillane and Edmonds and Sutton and Ogunjobi. Like I don't see any more money for a big splash at that point. But if they're not able to bring some of those guys back, or maybe they choose. Uh, to say, hey, look, this inside linebackers class is really deep. Let's let's just let's just keep Miles Jack and Mark Robinson and, and roll the dice and see what we can get. Or maybe they'll do the same thing they did with D tackle last year and see if they can go into the later part of the summer and and pick a guy up later on. Um, same thing they did with Terrell Edmonds last year. Like if if they wait, then maybe they can make one of these big moves, like you're talking about, like a Tremaine Edmonds, um, like a Javon Hargrave. Actually, I think is a really good fit for them. Um, I think it's possible, but I think what they do with their own guys probably will determine whether they have the availability to make a move like that. Yeah. So we're my, my next question is a complete 360. Um, I just kind of wanted to get your opinion. Can the Steelers win a Super Bowl with Kenny Pickett? Just your personal opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it does not take, um, Patrick Mahomes to win a Super Bowl. It might take Patrick Mahomes to win, to, to, to have your team be in contention year in and year out, you know, like I think you're looking at, you know, if you're, if you're the Steelers with Kenny Pickett, you know, you're probably more like the Rams than the chiefs, right? Like if you put everything together, you can do it. Um, Does that mean you're going to be great the next year? No. Like, does anybody think what happened to the Rams is going to happen to the chiefs where they're just going to fall apart next year? Absolutely not. Cause they got number 15 and like that to me, that's the thing is like, yes, you can win. Uh, it just makes it more difficult and and it makes the ability to sustain greatness year in and year out more difficult if you don't have an elite quarterback. And I don't want to sit here and say Kenny Pickett can't be an elite quarterback, but he certainly isn't one right now. And it's, you know, probably less likely than not that, that he becomes one. Wouldn't it yeah, be interesting just, if they followed the Rams mantra, just said F them picks and, you know, next five years. I'm not going to do that. But they, can, <laughs> but they can kind of do that in their own way, right? Where if they – like, let's say – like, they can they can do it with the salary cap in the draft, right? Where they can just be like, no, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to sign all those guys and we're going to sign Edmonds and we're going to push $20 million into the future and and say, okay, we got this quarterback on a rookie deal. Let's spend all this money now and then we'll we'll – like they they're not going to trade first round picks left right and center to to build a team like the Rams did but they can do that same thing where they put together a really good team that they know won't last for a long time just to just to make a concerted effort at making a Super Bowl run and certainly while Kenny is on a rookie contract 
would be an attractive time to to want to do something like that. Most definitely. How should the backup QB situation be addressed? What 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 is your take on that? I would try to move on from Mitch Trubisky. I just think it's a lot of money for a guy that you don't want to play. Obviously, they need some type of competent backup. Kenny missed you know time twice last season, but I, I don't you know I, I just. So he's you know eleven million dollars. That's that's a lot of money. Uh, you you can you can fill that position more cheaply than that. I also don't get the sense that Mitch is like super thrilled about staying here to be Kenny's backup. Yeah. He, you know, came to Pittsburgh because he wanted a real shot to be a starting quarterback. Yeah, did he really get that? I don't know. He played three and a half games, not that well. He was better as a backup later in the year. I mean, people are talking about Baker Mayfield as still being a starting quarterback like why why wouldn't Mitch Trubisky be in that conversation if he was made available so I mean I would try to move on from him see if you can find a, a veteran backup that is happy to be a backup. about bringing back Josh Dobbs I mean Josh Dobbs is probably not a guy that you'd be like super comfortable turning the offense yeah. over to on a, on a like a lengthier stay but I just think find a guy that's been there and done that and is comfortable being a backup that can be a mentor for Kenny Pickett one of the things that I think is the one of the biggest weaknesses of Matt Canada as a, a when you just look at his resume is that he has not had success at the NFL level, right? He's doing this for the first time here in Pittsburgh, having a quarterback that has had that success somewhere else that can sort of look back on his career and say, Oh, well, this is how we did it when we won here, I think would actually be a bigger benefit to the Steelers than having like a slightly better quarterback, like, like Trubisky, like if he has to play more than five games, like well, what's what's the hope of the season anyway? Like I think if if you were able to get like a been there, done that backup quarterback, I think that would actually be like an Andy Dalton maybe, okay? Like, like to me, that would be a guy that would actually be a bigger asset to their offense and probably cost less. And then I would not be totally surprised if they draft a quarterback. I, You know, like they have – they only have seven picks, so they, they probably should not waste one, but – like, do you really want to spend money on a third quarterback that you're really hoping never plays? Like, I don't know. Go find, go find Kenny's Dobbs, right? Do like Josh Dobbs was Mason yeah. was was Ben Roethlisberger's kind of like backup confidant guy he trusted and wanted around. Like, go get one of those for Kenny too that you can you can take with a seventh round pick or, or even undrafted maybe. Uh, but but to have around and um, I wouldn't wouldn't be totally surprised if they they had a young guy to the, to the room as well. I. There's got to be a rocket scientist out there somewhere <laughs> yeah. available. No. Yeah. I... <laughs> have you done a mock draft yet? I mean, I'm not. No, I haven't. I did one. Uh, we did one with just guys from the senior bowl, just as like a sort of fun exercise as to where we thought, um, you know, some of those guys might, might finish, but uh, no, I haven't done like a real mock draft now. That's all it is right now is a fun exercise because who the heck knows uh, until free agency. Um, you know, for me, it's just killing time uh, at this point. <laughs> hey, uh, we're talking with Alan Saunders here on the Sick Podcast. Steelers crazy. Check out our bottom line, of course. Follow us on Twitter at Sick Pod Steelers, and of course, go follow Alan as well. We'll uh, talk about. Uh, that a little bit after the show. Tell everybody once again where to uh, find you. I want to get into something that maybe has been overlooked a tiny bit. I mean, obviously, there's been so much talk about the Steelers retaining Matt Canada, uh, but they lose Brian Flores. What kind of impact do you think that'll have moving forward? 
You know, I think you really saw Brian Flores' impact on the defense when things started to go sideways at times, and they were able to come up with some creative ways to sort of scheme their way out of some problems. You know, they were able they, – they didn't have, like, a super impactful defense when T.J. Watt went out, but they were able to kind of keep things mostly together. Like, it wasn't like they, they completely fell apart. They ran something like 26 different defensive fronts this season. Uh, we saw just a ton of creativity in the way they deployed guys. Like DeMarvin Leal, who didn't really fit their sort of traditional paradigm for what they use defensive linemen for. They just found ways to use them. I think the defense got a lot more creative with Brian Flores around. Now, obviously, there were some other changes that happened at the same time, right? Terrell Austin became defensive coordinator for the first time. I also think you saw Mike Tomlin with a little bit less of of his finger on the on the on the scale for the defense this year. He was a lot more involved in the offense than he has been in years past with a, with a rookie quarterback. It's understandable. So I think you just saw like some in general some more creativity, some more diversity uh, of that defense. Will they be able to continue that without Brian Flores? I don't know. I just think it's um it's an opportunity. It's always an opportunity anytime you can bring in a really good coach. Um, to add new ideas and new uh, perspectives to your group. You know, the Steelers are an organization that really values consistency, and they're not going to run guys off if they have a bad year, you know. But then I think you also run into the danger of like just doing the same thing over and over again and not bringing in new ideas. And what I thought r- what really helped them was that they were able to sort of merge the concepts of consistency with innovation, right? Where they have a guy that is, you know, Terrell Austin, he was a new defensive coordinator, but had been on the team for years. The whole rest of the defensive staff pretty much stayed the same for the last two seasons. But then you still brought in a guy that could add some new ideas to that group. And I think that's a fine line to walk. And I think that they've really shown that they can do that on defense. If they're going to replace Brian Flores, I'd be trying to replace him on offense. I would like, just like I was talking about Andy Dalton, I'd be trying to find somebody that wants that job that wants to be a coordinator that doesn't, you know, Byron Leftwich, for example, uh, would be an interesting, uh, you know, if he doesn't get another coordinator job, bring him in. Tell us what we did with Tom Brady when we were in the Super Bowl. Let's see if we can do right. that. Like that, that, that to me, I think is, um, is, is, is a, a bigger need than, than on defense right now. I know Jordan and I were talking off air a little bit. Anytime we have a Pittsburgh or a Yinzer on, we like to uh, branch out a little bit and talk about some other sports teams. I know there's one that Jordan has a special place uh, in his heart for. Yeah, so I know I know you're a Pitt basketball guy. Um, I'm just looking at this uh, the rankings, man. I see Florida Atlantic's 25. I, I personally think it's a good thing that we're not ranked because I think that it gives us that chip on our shoulder. Because I feel like as soon as Pitt gets ranked, that's when you know they lose a game. I, I know that that's how football has been in the past, and I'm happy that Jeff Capel got it together. Just kind of wanted to get your take on air before we get you out, and you can go enjoy your Valentine's Day. I know you probably have dinner plans or something i actually don't have dinner plans but i'll, I'll figure something out on the fly here uh but uh, no you know what's inter- very interesting i've actually been thinking about this a lot and um so in college football the poll is dumb right like the poll is just like the old is, is the same as it's always been right you know yeah. Guys looking at the record and they compare the records and the resumes and that you know there's no there's no science behind it right like there are um sort of metrics in college football and and guys like the Massey and and Jeff Sagarin that you know sort of those formulas that used to be part of the BCS that were mm. you know, sort of using math to evaluate 
these teams with inconsistent schedules. Like that's been a thing in football for a long time, but the poll basically completely ignores it. Like nobody pays any attention to who's number 10 or number five or number 50 in Sagarin ratings. Like they just go fill out their, their, their poll the way they always have. It's so funny because in basketball, like we've gone the total opposite direction now where like, I think Ken Palm and the NET formula have become so ingrained in basketball culture that literally like most of the poll or the, most of the poll voters are just looking at Ken Palm and running off one through 25. And then that's theirs. And like, I don't, there's nothing wrong with that. But to me, like if I want to know who the computer formula thinks is best, I will just go look at the computer formula. The whole yeah. point of the AP poll is to add like the human element of like, what do the teams look like? How are they playing right now compared to how they were playing before? Who's injured? Who's, you know, who's good matchups against other talented teams, you know, like what? And I just think we're missing that part of it. And like, of course, like Ken Palm is treating, you know, pit beating, um, you know, the last five teams, just the same as they were pit losing to Michigan and West Virginia and, and VCU early in the season. And, and the polls are not supposed to be like that. They're supposed to be emotive and reactive. Like they are in football. Like, you know, football yeah. you go nine and one, but you, you lose your last game. You suck. But if you go nine and one, when you lost your first game, you're awesome. And it's yeah. stupid. It's non-scientific and it's nonsense. And I talk all over and over about how dumb the college football poll is. And like, I think the basketball poll could be a little dumber. Like, I think it could like bring, like, let's get a little bit more of the human part of it back. Otherwise, what value does it have? If it's just going to recite the top 25 from Ken Palm and from NAT, well, I'll just read the rankings. Like, I don't need, I don't need a poll to tell me that. I want more of like, hey man, Pitt won five in a row. Like, they're feeling good. Like, vote, like, vote for them. Like, I don't know. Like, that's supposed to be the point of the exercise. And so, uh, it's very interesting to me how those two, sort of very similar or supposedly the same properties have, have handled the way they incorporate analytics completely opposite directions. Just could not be more divergent. But uh, as, as often as I say the college football polls are really dumb, I'm, I'm maybe appreciating them a little bit more now in basketball season, just seeing like what it looks like when everyone just mocks what the analytics say. Yeah, love that. I'm glad we could include it. If there's a table in front of you, you are pounding it. You are pounding it. <laughs> Alan, what do you got coming up? Where can people uh, find you? Uh, all the Steelers stuff, SteelersNow.com. We're going deep into the offseason. Um, you know, I'll be at the Combine. I'll be at Pro Days. Uh, I'll be at the league meetings. And, uh, you know, really think this is the time of year where, you know, you really dive deep into the process and, and, and try to get uh, to the bottom of what the Steelers are thinking, what the Steelers are doing. Uh, also, Pittsburgh Sports Now, we got all kinds of stuff going on. Um, literally, like one of the busiest day, you know, busiest times of year for us with all the conference tournaments coming up, and we cover, you know, not just men's basketball, women's basketball, and wrestling, and and uh, you know, some hockey, and and all all of the different uh, stuff. The start of uh, the spring sports season, so we got our baseball teams starting up there as well. Uh, Whippeal basketball playoffs are starting this week. So just just a whole bunch of stuff going on over at PSN and and uh, with the West Virginia and Penn State sites as part of our college network as well. So uh, I'm staying real busy uh, this offseason, but uh, it's all stuff I enjoy, and I'm really looking forward to what we've got going on. Yeah, he, you probably pleasure. don't remember. Uh, with, I, was, I used to cover the pit wrestling, and I sat right next to you. Um, this was probably four years ago, but I just that's that's probably the last. I've time not I've covered seen you. that many pit wrestling duels, so yeah. I probably I probably remember being there. But yeah. um, 
the, the, hey, they're pretty good this year too. They got a yeah. they got a real chance to win the ACC. We actually just booked our travel. Uh, Don Campbell is going to be in Raleigh for us at the uh, ACC tournament. So yeah, uh, should be uh, should be interesting. That's awesome. Hell to pit. We Alan, appreciate always your a time. pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Great stuff, and take it easy on me on Twitter. <laughs> no. No, I go hard on Twitter. There's no nobody gets a pass from me. Good. Sorry, that's, that's about it. Any other way. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks Later, for your man. time. We appreciate it. Yeah, man. All right, Jordan. Always good stuff. Appreciate having a guy like Alan Saunders on. No question about it. Before we leave, I also want to mention something that's exciting and very important stuff. Tell you what, you asked for it, and they listen. Sammy, we're going to tell you what's coming up. Roll this banner. It's time for Sick Picks, brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie has designed a unique deposit bonus that lets you cash in and cash out quick. Very unique for sports bettors who want to focus on what to bet and not a payout sweat. Do us a favor. Make your first deposit today. Use promo code SICKPICKS, okay? If you're watching us on YouTube, it's not difficult to spell. Sick picks tell you what if you want a sports book that gives you the most for your money bet on big games with my bookie just because the super bowl is over doesn't mean your bets should end we got nba in full swing nhl in full swing baseball man this you can bet on spring training Uh, you you can which is absolutely crazy you got all kind of great stuff you can bet anytime anywhere with my bookie promo code sick picks i always give out a sick pick I've been wrong for like two weeks in a row, so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back next week on my sick picks. Or you bet bet the opposite of me. All right, uh, fade me, as they say in the in the betting world. Let me pull something up really quickly. All right, we got pens at sharks tonight. I'll uh, I'll go sharks. So go ahead, bet on the hometown team, the Penguins, right there. Cold hard lock, Jordan. Yeah, man. I mean, my bookie, uh, like I said, I, I picked the Super Bowl, so I'm riding high off that. I don't know if I want to put in another bet after that because they might be all losers, but uh, I got that one right. So I'm just going to at least I got the end the NFL betting season on a high note. You're a prime example that my bookie works. All right, guys. Great show today. Appreciate having Alan on once more. Check us out, of course. Subscribe to the YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast your favorite streaming platform as i always say tell a friend to tell a friend for jordan york i'm mike nicastro and Ello and sammy back in the studio thanks guys stay great and that's a wrap hope you don't miss us too much until next time follow the sick podcast dealers crazy on youtube instagram facebook google play and apple podcasts